WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Dennis, without a doubt, you are in my world in the way that I know you. You are the KPI king. There is nobody who I know has more accountability and has measurement tools like you. I think this is your world. Absolutely, isn't it? It is. You know, I have that accounting degree, so I get to use it in some form or fashion other than doing accounting. And so, um, and I think KPIs are so important for business, but also for the team members to know where they're going and what's going on. So it's not mm-hmm. about just the business, but how to help people be, to get the best out of whatever they're trying to accomplish. And so anytime you can visually create charts and graphs and things to help people be successful, I think it's a win-win and I, I've, I've done this all my life and I love it. Yeah. It, it, and I know that as far as measurement tools and being able to, 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 to make sure we have accountability, we, we've talked about that in the traditional terms for like, if you will, traditional business. But I know that with the pandemic and, you know, things have changed the workplace entirely. KPIs now, when we talk about it from uh, remote workers and accountability from that perspective, that's a whole new world. And I think that, you know, Mike, I want to, first of all, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We appreciate you coming out here again and spending some time with us, but tell us a little bit about KPIs and what we've learned over the pandemic and what that means for remote workers and all that kind of stuff. Mike, can you give us a little bit of enlightenment when it comes to that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to appreciate you both for having me back on here again. Um, It was a great Mm -hmm. experience last time. And, uh, you know, I think with key performance indicators, uh, I think that something that's not as sometimes people forget this item, but it's really important to actually know that your key performance indicators are actually, um, indicators that can tell you about the health of your business, Hmm. right? Some people don't actually align those properly. Um, and it's funny, a lot of people always talk about, oh, your key, you know, performance indicators like monthly recurring revenue or annual recurring revenue or net retention, right? But there's other key performance indicators that can also dictate the health of your organization, right? You know, of course, you know, churn as a customer, right, for a business is bad. But what are some of the other items? What are the churn rates for people who work for you, right? And I'll, and I'll give you an example. Um, this is actually more for like a brick and mortar business, but uh, a friend of mine works at this place and, um, you know, not to name names, of course, but their turn rate is really high, right? And it's not because the industry is bad, but it's, it's you know, kind of about the actual sort of the, the behaviors of the people who are managing the folks who are the kind of frontline workers, right? Mm-hmm. So while that might not traditionally be a business metric that we consider to be one of those things that... Um, is directly impacting the, you know, the money flow of the business, I would imagine that that's actually a key performance indicator in terms of the ability for the management team to retain and hire really high level talent, which inevitably will impact the bottom line. Um, So I think that aligning the right metrics to the right things that you feel like are actually key performance indicators for different roles is really important. Um, And especially for remote teams, I have noticed that one of the things that is very apparent is needing to be very, very clear about expectations at every level and setting, you know, realistic type of, you know, uh, objectives that you're trying to reach and then key results that you're trying to obtain. Right. And then from there, once you develop that objectives and key results system, that's when you can go ahead and figure out what those key performance indicators are going to look like. So that pre-process 
of trying to de develop that and get that buy-in from that person who has agreed to doing so is one of the most important and sometimes overlooked aspects about even putting together a program that has to do with key performance indicators and how you need to know if your organization is performing at the rate that you want it to. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, Mike, you know, you and I both have worked in corporations, but now we work with a lot of people that are remote. I mean, similar, but there are some differences. I mean, I think there's some, there's some other things that you have to track or be aware of with remote workers that you might not have looked at when they were inside the, the, the brick and mortar. Um, and it's, it's just, it's creating that accountability and, and it's just helping people look at those different things and then making sure that those remote workers have access to that, those data points to see what it is you're measuring or expecting to happen. So that's probably the biggest thing I see where people fail. They'll have the key performance indicator at the senior level. They forget to tell the people down below how they're measuring it, what they're doing with it and why they're doing it. And then it either becomes a weapon or people just don't believe in it and then it falls apart. So I think those are really important things that people understand as they're doing these things and don't, and don't make it a weapon. It's a tool. It's a tool for you. And it's also a tool for your workers to be more prof professional, more productive and get things done to help you get to whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, I would also like to say that um, depending on the size of your organization, let's say that you're uh, an organization that has, you know, for example, in my role, I now have folks who work directly under me, but now I have folks who directly work under them, right? So sometimes what is reported at that, you know, sort of senior management level or management level um, might not reflect what is really happening at the frontline level, right? The folks who are, you know, kind of working underneath those people. And so one of the things that I like to do, um, you know, whenever I can is I like to do skip level meetings, right? And then actually talk to some of the folks, um, you know, who are working underneath the managers and, and discuss with them. So, you know, what, what were some of the things that were said as KPIs, right? Were, were they reasonable? You know, like were, were these things that, you know, are actually achievable, you know, things that we can say, you have uh, a good probability of success to actually achieving these, right? You know, and I, and I think it's important to, of course, set, you know, some objectives and key results that are in the, uh, there's a word for it called, some people call it like roof shots, like things that are difficult to do, right? But they're, but if you, you know, push hard, you, you know, stretch yourself and, and, and really, you know, kind of build yourself up, there is a possibility of getting there. And I think that having a, a nice intermixing of, um, you know, objectives that you think are probable, those that you think are a little bit of a stretch. And then finally, um, you know, maybe even having a couple moonshots interspersed in there, you know, can sometimes be good. But I want to understand if those folks who are getting those key performance indicators from a manager, are those even somewhat realistic, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you might have somebody who wants to, push forward and say, well, you know, I was trying to get these objectives done. And you're like, well, these, you know, this amount of uh, things that you're setting as what this person needs to hit doesn't really make any sense. So I like to always just kind of talk to different folks in the organization to see what is being put together as, uh, you know, sort of these individual KPIs and how can we, you know, sort of at the management level, understand how to be better about it. Where can we take in feedback and where can we learn from whether people are hitting these objectives or not? 
Yeah. And, and remember, objectives and goals are kind of one thing. KPIs, in my mind, are a subset underneath those. And I always use trying to lose weight is the best one. So the goal right. is I'm trying to lose weight. The KPIs are, did I eat properly and did I exercise X number of whatever I set as my target to achieve whatever that goal is to, to lose weight? And so that's why it's a tough one because people love to move, they focus voice on the weight loss, but they forget about all the steps that it takes to make sure that I don't have carbs in the house, to make sure that, you know, that I am getting, you know, that I'm, I'm running, not walking, or that um, if I go to a party, I'm only going to have one small plate of food and not five plates of food. I mean, there's all kinds of things you need to do. And those are measurements. Those are the KPIs that you're tracking that help you get to whatever that goal is you're trying to accomplish. And I think that's important to help people set those expectations. The other thing, Mike, I don't know if you've seen this one, and this, this applies again, if you're in remote workers or in a brick and mortar, they don't need to have 55 KPIs. Think of your car dashboard. There's about three things. There's a speedometer, uh, hot and cold temperature, and a fuel gauge. Those are the three biggies that you have on your car. Now, there's other things that light up when they get out of the norm or outside of a range, but those are the three things you look at. And then on the speedometer, there might be mileage and reminders to do certain things, but you you don't need 55 KPIs. Hopefully, you narrow it down to the top three to 10 things that you need to get to whatever those goals or objectives and those KPIs are supporting you. And then as an employee that they have access to that data points to know where they're at and it should never be a surprise to them. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, I think that comes around with even a cultural culture of transparency, right? Cause if you transparently put together, this is what the, and, you know, kind of way to sort of conceptualize it is this is what the score is, right? Like this is actually sort of where you're at measured against what, you know, you, uh, what we had agreed upon in terms of like the key performance indicators. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you made the distinction between what actually is, you know, sort of these objectives and what are the actual you know, KPIs, right? Because you could obviously make objectives or, you know, something like losing weight as aspirational as you want to. But if you don't have actual measurables to say, did we succeed or not, you're not actually going to be in a place to say that I can improve upon this performance, right? And that's why like the whole KPI concept is great, because at the end of the day, it is a reflective, it's a, a, it's a tool that we use to measure up how well we do, but it's also a reflective tool. Right. Because you can actually spend a lot of time understanding what happened in that period of time. And like you said, uh, a lot of people weaponize it. Right. Like this is what you didn't do. This is this is where you failed to do it. But I like to look at it as more of a constructive process. Right. Like if you go to somebody and you say, OK, so it appears that in these couple months there was a lot of activity in this month, there was not a lot of activity. Was there was there something about new messaging? Did, was there something new that we tried? Was there a marketing campaign that was being done during those times versus this? And to me, I look at you know sort of uh, the whole KPI process is also you know the, the health of the organization once again, right? And so once I can understand some of the extenuating factors that might have occurred, I can better diagnose how we need to approach this, right? Um, 
if it happened to be that somebody didn't, you know, do as many of their, you know, outreaches as we would expect, how do we look at, you know, how do we go ahead and measure that? Was it because of, you know, people not actually, you know, wanting to engage with these messages or, you know, was it something where somebody, uh, you know, really just didn't do the work? And, you know, of course, that's less likely of a thing I would hope that would happen in an organization. But, you know, when you leverage all of those factors, you know, have that dashboard where it's very transparent, where it's very clear, everybody knows where they stand and they know how far they need to get or they know if they've reached the goal already. That's what allows people to, you know, really see that their performance uh, objectives are being met and they've actually, you know, succeeded in what they said they were going to do. And Mike, the other thing you have to watch out for, um, especially when if you've got an organization that's got several people in it, y- you as the leader have to make sure that these objectives and KPIs are not competing against each other. Because you could have sales saying that they're going to increase sales by 30% and operations is saying they're going to cut costs by 30%. Well, their idea of cutting costs means we're going to lower inventory. We're not going to produce as much stuff because we're going to be more effective, but we're going to produce the same amount. Sales is expecting a 30% increase. Operations is going to destroy sales and success because they can't produce it. So it's important to have those conversations. Most companies do, but not all. And especially when you get to the KPIs, the KPIs can actually be counterproductive for one to the other. So Mike hit the word on it earlier is that transparency that you guys get these teams together and have them share KPIs of what they're working on and let the others hear it and let them challenge to say, I understand what you're doing, but I'm not, I'm doing something totally different. That's going to not allow you to achieve your goal. And then you as the owner or boss, you guys have to kind of talk through it to figure out what's going on. Because in many cases, the worst enemy sits with inside your building or inside your organization. It's not your competition. And so KPIs can help you identify those things before you find out on the financials, you didn't hit your target. And I always use the weight analogy, losing weight. Basically, your counting is the scales. So get looking at your balance sheet and income statement. That's your scale. Your KPIs are looking at what are they doing to eat properly, exercise properly in business, to increase sales, to reduce costs, to wow the customer, whatever it is they're doing around those things. They should be able to tell you before you even get to your accounting department to find out where sales or the bottom line up or down, you ought to know that from these KPIs if you built them correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about funny stories of people kind of butting heads, right? Um, You know, I'll even give an example of some of the funny conversations that we've had, which are in, in our organization, you know, a lot of what drives a lot of our value is, you know, of course, product development and, or, you know, development of new experiences that are going to give value to, to folks. Right. And of course there's the salespeople who, you know, if you're one feature away, you want to be able to say, well, Hey, like, can't you just go and put this in there now? Right. And so there's that sort of tension that exists sometimes between two parts of your organization, right. Where one group wants to build in new features because they want to close more deals. And then one group wants to, to wants to follow the product roadmap you know, in our world, right, to be able to make sure that, uh, you know, we hit the overarching targets of what they promised that they were going to deliver at the very beginning of the year. So you're right. In that case, there is that tension that comes around. But I think what's really, really important is, of course, that transparency and 
what our organization does is, you know, we get the heads of everybody who kind of like heads their own department and we all sit down and we've crafted this year in 2023, something known as a impeccable agreement, which basically is a precisely defined and fully agreed upon by all the relevant people about what we're planning to accomplish with some wiggle room, of course, but of course, also implementing the ideas of if we don't hit certain metrics of the most important items, what do we, what contingency plans do we have? And of course, what are the people who are heading those departments? Like, how do we measure them against that, you know, sort of uh, that actual measure of success? So that's how we kind of develop the buy-in and make sure that our KPIs are aligned across the board such that we don't have people rubbing up shoulders against each other like, hey, I need this or, hey, you told me that this was going to get developed or, hey, like, you know, you guys are asking for too much. Instead, we all get that level of buy-in and then figure out how we can best, uh, you know, sort of build up our own organization as a whole from there. This this is actually, this is one of the episodes where I haven't talked much because I've been taking notes for you guys. And this is really a good thing. I, I become a student when it comes to this stuff. And so I love listening. Let me let me ask really quick, uh, Mike, if I could, and, and Dennis, jump in here if you feel you, there's something in here. What do you see as like, you know, pitfall, pitfalls when you're kind of establishing some of these things? You know, you, you talked about weaponizing KPIs and Dennis mentioned KPIs competing against each other. You guys... You know, Mike, do you see anything specifically when it comes to like establishing some of these KPIs for your for company? I mean, I think definitely for if you're just transitioning into remote work, I think your challenge will initially be a like feeling of accountability, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to have certain KPIs, and if people aren't reaching them in a certain period of time that you've defined, you'll automatically assume that what you've done which is different. Maybe you just recently implemented a work from home program. You're going to assume that the new variable is the reason why it's not as successful, not looking at actually any kind of macro macro causes or things that might be in the marketplace that are affecting maybe you as a company. Um, and so I think that looking at it from a more holistic way of why is it that this person has not you know, been able to reach said targets is a more constructive question rather than simply saying this person can't work from home, they're not motivated, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's, you know, not as helpful. Uh, and what I've noticed is for the people who are really passionate about what they do, who are really excited about the the place that they work at, and they're actually excited about the work, they're going to be just as productive, if not more so when they are work from home. Uh, whereas, you know, people who don't really like what they're doing, they will become much less engaged. Right. And if anything, that's a way to actually sort of measure who are the people do you, that you want to really build up what you're doing uh, with or we are the people who, you know, you could go ahead and replace with somebody else, honestly. Yeah. And Benny, I think, you know, the other the couple of things that, you know, pitfalls. One is, like I talked before, don't have so many KPIs that you get bogged down trying to keep track of all your KPIs. Narrow it down to, I'd say, especially if you're just starting out three to four big ones and focus on that. The second one is you have it where don't make it dictated from the, the top down, have it where you guys are talking, you and your, the manager, the manager and the employee that they're coming up with those KPIs together because you've, you know, you don't want to sandbag as the employee, but they may have that the manager may have it too far. And so there needs to be give and take, but talk about more importantly, what's that objective you're trying to get there and let the employee come back with 
how they're going to lose the weight and how they're going to eat properly and exercise properly. Let them kind of come up with those KPIs. Because again, if it's their KPIs helping you get to the goal that's set, they're going to pro- the, the probability of them heading it is much greater than if it's dictated down from the top and that's what makes it feel like a weapon. So I think those are big ones. Um, and that, that, is, that applies if it's work from home or in an office. I mean, I always hated companies that I worked at where everything was dictated from the top down and it just, they kept subdividing all the way down. It's like, well, this is bullshit. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so so it's like, you know, call it what it is. It's like, you know, it's like, come on guys, let people have input because there's things that they know that's going on and they may actually be able to do better than what you've got, but a sandbag because again, you've weaponized it. So let them get involved, keep it simple and don't weaponize it are my three. You know, all of this stuff, I have to say, like I, like I said, this is, this is something that Dennis is very experienced in and I'm, I'm newer to this. Is this something that really I can just learn on my own? Is it, is it a matter of watching a YouTube video here and there? You know, what's the best way really, Mike, for me to implement something like this into my business? Well, um, I would always tell people that uh, the some of the slowest ways to you know learn learn things are through the trial and error method. Um, so mm-hmm. over time, I've uh, met a lot of really great people who have served as coaches. You know, people who have been in the roles as CEOs of of companies. You know, some of them have gone you know public and you know needing to understand all the things that I don't know. Um, and I, I like to look at myself as someone who's kind of like a sponge for these sorts of things. Cause at the end of the day, I want to be my best self, but I don't, don't necessarily want to make all of the mistakes that could be avoided. If I could consult with somebody who has experienced all of these things. And there are things that I've been able to avoid, um, that would be common problems such as not setting the right KPIs <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, I probably would have done as a more inexperienced person. Um, so coming with that learner's mentality and, and that mindset that, um, you know, I'm just kind of like a, a beginner's mindset and just looking to grow from that um, allowed me to find some really fantastic people. And even one of them is one of our board members now. So that's, a, you know, one of the things that I would just recommend to people is, uh, if you come with that mentality of wanting to learn and wanting to grow as a person, you'll find fantastic people who can guide you along the way. I think that there's so much to this topic. And obviously, this is something that keeps coming up for me. And, and Dennis and I do have our talks about this. But Mike, if people want to ask you some questions, maybe that we couldn't hit on here, there's some stuff that maybe uh, you'd like to talk to some of uh, uh, listeners about. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, the best way to get in touch with me would be uh, either LinkedIn. Um, you can just find me, Mike Liu, and you could just uh, type in Free Fuse, uh, all one word, F-R-E-E-F-U-S-E. And, uh, you know, you could also go to freefuse.com and leave a, you know, a, a message over there on our contact us page. Um, feel free to reach out to me at Mike at freefuse.com. But uh, always happy to have a conversation and, you know, always happy to help. So, um, if anybody listening would uh, want to just grab a, a virtual coffee, I'm there for you. That's perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today, uh, Mike. We appreciate it. That always, uh, as, as, as always, we always learn something new. At least I'd learn something new every single time. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank well, thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks for joining us today on Work From Home with Two Guys. 
Listen, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do it is get in touch by sending me an email, Benny at VelocityTechnology.group. That's B-E-N-N-Y at VelocityTechnology.group. Dennis, if some people think that they need to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, there's two ways. One is the email, Dennis J, so it's D-E-N-N-I-S-J, at WorkSolution.com. So it's W-O-R-X and then solution, no S at the end, dot com. Or I'm on LinkedIn a lot under Dennis Jackson. You can search for works or w, or also the work from home with two guys. We're there as well. So would love to hear from you guys and help out any way we can. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you at the next episode. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.